Welcome to Coming Home with Julian Awad, where we discuss salvation through Jesus Christ, a production of Coming Home Ministries. After a conversation with my son tonight about the famous verses in the book of James that says uh, to be quick to hear and uh, slow to speak and slow to anger, um, because the anger of a man does not produce the righteousness of God. We ended up kind of talking about how both he and I needed to work on our anger and being quick to listen. It reminded me of the work that God had done in Peter and the calling that each of us have to be a living sacrifice I want to read Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. It says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Let's pray. God, I want to thank you for this opportunity today to be able to talk about your word and talk about the amazing things that you do in our life, even when we can't see the amazing internal surgery that you're doing to transform us into the likeness of who you are. I thank you for everything that you did for us, Lord. I thank you for the cross. And I thank you, God, that you chased after us even when we were, even when we were against you, even when we were at your enemies, Lord. We thank you, God, that you never give up on us. You're constantly coming after us and that you love us enough to see us through the tough times and make something wonderful out of it. We love you, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. So how do we give our bodies to God, or how can we be living sacrifices? And how does God change the way that we think? One of the ways he does it is through prayer, spending time with him on a regular and consistent basis, and praying also with other brothers and sisters together, corporately. Especially if you're part of a prayer group or a a group of people that are focused on praying for others. Being able to pray and hear the Lord and allow the Lord to speak with you, it's that time of, like when you're spending time with a friend and you're getting to go deep and be honest with one another and talk about the things that are meaningful to you. But there's another way too. God often works through our mistakes. He will correct you if you allow him. Revelations chapter 3 verse 19 says, I correct and discipline everyone I love. So be diligent and turn from your indifference. Sometimes in our sin or disobedience, God brings us growth through repentance. We turn from our sin and ask for forgiveness. That's what we have to do. And when we go through that process of God showing us our sin or falling into sin and turning around and repenting of it, asking for forgiveness and saying, God, I will never go down that road again. Help me to stay away from that. 
And truly, turning around and going the other way, God brings growth into our life. In um, David, in Psalms chapter 32, 1 through 11, it's this great, these, this great section that says, Oh, what joy for those whose disobedience is forgiven. Think about that. He's saying that there's joy when your disobedience is forgiven, whose sin is put out of sight. Yes, what joy for those whose record the Lord has cleared of guilt, whose lives are lived in complete honesty. When I refuse to confess my sin, my body wasted away, and I groaned all day long. Day and night, your hand of discipline was heavy on me. My strength evaporated like water in the summer heat. And finally, I confessed all my sins to you and stopped trying to hide my guilt. And I said to myself, I will confess my rebellion to the Lord. And you forgave me. All my guilt is gone. You know, when you hear David speaking those words, and in retrospect, the joy that he had once he realized he could get, get that monkey off his back, and be able to go to the Lord in honesty and in truth. Well, you can see it right right after that. He says, therefore, let all the godly pray to you while there is still time, that they may not drown in the floodwaters of judgment. For you are my hiding place. You protect me from trouble. You surround me with songs of victory. Remember that. He says, you surround me with songs of victory. The Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. Do not be like a senseless horse or a mule that needs a bit and a bridle to keep it under control. Many sorrows come to the wicked, but unfailing love surrounds those who trust the Lord. So rejoice in the Lord and be glad. All you who obey him, shout for joy, all you whose hearts are pure. There's so much in here to unpack. But what's really important is to understand that we can call out to God and he will direct us. And there's joy, especially for those that stay obedient to the Lord. But there's also joy when there's disobedience and when we fall into sin, the moment that we turn and repent and ask God for forgiveness. When we understand that the mercy of God is available to us through his grace to come and cleanse us of all that guilt, of all that shame, of all those things and begin working on us. Remember, he disciplines everyone that he loves. He corrects and disciplines everyone that he loves. So it's important to be, to be diligent in turning from your indifference to your sin. It's important to turn, to identify that sin early and quick and turn away from it. You know, often when God wants to use those types of situation, he uses fire. And that's another way that our lives can be living sacrifices to him and that he can change the way that we think. It's through fire. That heat can be your friend. The challenges and trials can be your friend. When we think about gold and the way that gold is refined, gold has a lot of junk in it when it's in the raw and it has to be heated up. Then they scrape off the impurities that rise to the top. Then they allow it to cool and they heat it up again. And the more impurities come back up. Less this time than before. 
but still there's impurities. They scrape off that top layer and then they heat it up again. And they keep doing it until the gold is so clear and so refined that the refiner can look into it and see his reflection in that gold. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18 says that all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord who is the Spirit makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. God can refine you through that process. He can use heat in your life and challenges and difficulties in order to heat you up and to help you be able to, to, to reflect His image, not only to yourself, but also to others. And He'll make you into each day and each time more and more that you'll be changed into His glorious image. You know, it was a very interesting story when we think back on Peter and what Peter went through right at the end of the time with Jesus and then right afterwards. Peter was humbled. You know, in Matthew uh, chapter 26, verse 31, and then in 33 through 35, I'm going to read this section here. It says that on the way home, or excuse me, on the way, Jesus told them, tonight, all of you will desert me. For the scriptures say, God will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. Now, Peter declared, even if everyone else deserts you, I will never desert you. And Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, Peter. This very night before the rooster crows, you will deny three times that you even know me. No, Peter insisted. Even if I, even, even if I have to die with you, I will never deny you. And all the other disciples vowed the same. He was emphatic. He told the Lord, no, I will never do that. Which is strange because at this point he had realized that Jesus not only could do miracles, but was the Messiah, the Son of God. And here he was arguing with Jesus. Jesus told him, you're going to even deny me. And he fought back and said, no. Reminds me of times in my life when I knew that I was doing something wrong and I needed to be corrected. And when God brought that correction or brought wisdom into my life to be a different way or do something differently, how I fought back. But the minute I'm realizing as I'm getting older and as I walk with the Lord, I'm starting to recognize those moments and say, Lord, I know you know better. Because oftentimes, we're in, the, in those situations, what we're realizing is that God is telling us things that we really don't want to hear, often about ourselves. And sometimes God even tells us things to do that we don't want to do. And it's in those two moments that we have the opportunity for real growth. Because when he's telling us about things we don't want to hear, and when he's directing us to do things that we don't want to do. We have a decision. We're presented with an opportunity to either choose God in everything and let our lives be a living sacrifice to him or choose our way. 
and choose that selfish flesh that's speaking out and saying, no, God, I want to do it my way. But if we're truly called to be living sacrifices, it means everything. It means everything. Matthew chapter 26, verse 69 through 75, it says, Meanwhile, Peter was sitting outside in the courtyard. A servant girl came over and said to him, You were one of those with Jesus, the Galilean. But Peter denied it in front of everyone. I don't know what you're talking about, he said. Later, out by the gate, another servant girl noticed him and said to those standing around, This man was with Jesus of Nazareth. Again, Peter denied it, this time with an oath. I don't even know the man, he said. A little later, some of the other bystanders came over to Peter and said, You must be one of them. We can tell by your Galilean accent. And Peter swore, A curse on me if I'm lying. I don't know the man. And immediately the rooster crowed. And suddenly Jesus' words flashed through Peter's mind. Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times that you even know me. That you will deny three times that you even know me. And he, Peter, went away weeping bitterly. I can't tell you how many times where I've been in my life that I've been confronted with something like this. And it was in those times that suddenly I realized that I really, I really was aware that I had let God down. That I had made the wrong decision. And there was shame and I wanted to hide. I cried and I wept bitterly like Peter did. And some of those situations, it took a lot. It took a lot for me to come out of it and to admit to what had happened. The story means so much to me because there have been so many times where I've stood up and declared God was everything. And God said, oh yeah, let me show you one area that you have yet to surrender. And it was in those moments where I was presented with something that I didn't want to hear, with something I didn't want to do. And it was in my disobedience that I wept bitterly, recognizing how much I still had to surrender to the Lord. But praise God, there is hope in Jesus Christ. In every situation, no matter how much we let God down, He's there. There may be consequences, but He's there. There may be trouble, but He's there. We may still have to walk through it all, but He'll be there with us. And He's calling out to us for restoration. In John chapter 21, uh, verse 2 through 17, it says that several of the disciples were there. Simon Peter, Thomas, nicknamed the twin, Nathaniel from Cana and Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples. And Simon Peter says, I'm going fishing. We'll come too, they all said. So they went out in the boat, but they caught nothing all night. Now remember, this is after Jesus' crucifixion. They know that he's risen, but they've headed back up like they knew they were supposed to, up to Galilee. 
Peter's ready to go fishing. We'll come too, they all said. So they all went out to the boat, but they caught nothing at night. At dawn, Jesus was standing on the beach, but the disciples couldn't see who he was. He called out, fellows, have you caught any fish? No, they replied. Then he said, throw out your net on the right-hand side of the boat and you'll get some. So they did, and they couldn't haul in the net because there were so many fish in it. Then the disciples Jesus loved, this is John, said to Peter, it's the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it, it was the Lord, he put on his tunic, for he had stripped for work, and he jumped into the water and headed to shore. The others stayed with the boat and pulled the loaded net to shore. For they were only about a hundred yards from the shore. And when they got there, they found breakfast was waiting for them. Breakfast. There was fish cooking over a charcoal fire and some bread. Bring some of the fish you've just caught, Jesus said. So Simon Peter went aboard and dragged the net to the shore. There were 153 large fish, and yet the net hadn't torn. Now come and have some breakfast, Jesus said. None of the disciples dared to ask him, Who are you? Because they knew it was the Lord. And then Jesus served them the bread and the fish. This was the third time Jesus had appeared to the disciples since he had been raised from the dead. After breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, Peter replied. You know I love you. Then feed my lambs, Jesus told him. Jesus repeated the question, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter said. You know I love you. Then take care of my sheep, Jesus said. And a third time, he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt that Jesus asked the question a third time, and he said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, then feed my sheep. Tough times will come in your life. But remember, God is with you. He has a plan for you. He has called you. So thank God for the trials and thank God for the tough times. It's hard to do in the moment. But know that it's in those moments that when you're hurt, that you can let Jesus make you breakfast and restore you. When Peter jumped into that water, he came out of the water onto shore and he found that Jesus had breakfast waiting for them. They had been working all night fishing. They just needed to be restored. And symbolically, they had been through a a whole bunch after the crucifixion. They were scared. They had been scattered. And especially Peter. He had to find out that he was who the Lord had declared him to be. One who would deny Jesus three times. Just later, after he had swore that he would die for him. And then, not only that Jesus had breakfast waiting for them, but he served them the bread and the fish. God's not only waiting to restore you, he's going to be there to help you, to serve you, 
to help you through the those moments of healing that you really need. He's going to bring that healing and, and that peace that we so long for. And what do we have to do? All we have to do is call out to him. Repent. Repent of any sins that you have. Even the doubt, if you doubted God. If you've been in a place where you've been running from the Lord, where maybe deep down in your heart, maybe you, you've known the Lord before and you've been running from Him. And you've wanted to live this life and you've, you've known you need to come back to the Lord. Repent and come back to the Lord. Or maybe there's something between you and God that you haven't been ready to face. Just repent and come back to the Lord. There's such joy in it as we read in Psalms. It weighs heavy on you. And the sooner that you give it up to the Lord, the faster you're going to feel wonderful. Or maybe there's some sin in your life that you pressed down from a long time ago that you just want to forget about. But the truth is, is that it's lingering in the back of your mind. Go before the Lord. Repent. Get rid of it. Put it on God's shoulders. And be transformed by the Lord, our Lord, King Jesus. If you haven't given your life completely to Jesus, if you haven't become a disciple, if you haven't picked up your cross to follow him, why wait? Today is the day. Today is the day that you are called to come to him and surrender completely. But the only way to surrender your life to Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior is to understand he's your Savior from sin. Because that sin brings about the wrath of God upon you, upon everyone. So, if you want to start serving Jesus today, we have to understand and be willing to admit that there is not one who is righteous, not even one person in this world, because all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We have to admit that we are sinners and that we're in need of a savior. If you struggle with that, if you struggle with the fact that truly you are a liar and probably a thief, And you've probably used God's name in vain, so you're a blasphemer. If you struggle with these labels, what's truly going on is you haven't really reconciled with the idea that you're in need of a Savior. And you need to know that all of us have fallen short of the glory of God. Not just you. We all have. And that God's standard of perfection is holiness. And there is zero room for any sin, whether it happened last week or 10 or 15 years ago or when you were a teenager, there is no room for any sin. He's a holy and righteous God. And he is merciful, kind, and loving. But he's the kind of God that demands perfection. And that perfection comes from the forgiveness of sins through the cross and the resurrection of Jesus. 
Once you're willing to admit that you're a sinner and in need of a Savior, you realize that it's not just you, it's everyone that God is calling to repentance. That means to not only ask for forgiveness, but to turn and go the other way from our sins. For the wages of sin is death. Because of our sin, that's why we die. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's Romans 6.23. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He wants you just as you are. So turn your back on sin. Call on Jesus to save you and trust in him for your salvation. If you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. Just call out to God today in your heart. If you want to follow the Lord, but you don't know what to pray, you can repeat after me this prayer. God, I know that I'm a sinner and that the wages of sin is death. I believe that you sent your son, Jesus Christ, as a payment for my punishment. I declare that Jesus is my Lord and profess my faith for salvation through the death and resurrection of Jesus. Thank you for your grace, forgiveness, peace, and gift of eternal life. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, your next step is to dig into the Word of God. Get a physical Bible and download the Bible app on your phone. Read it every day without excuse. Look for a Bible-focused church to get connected with other believers that will help you grow in the Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Fill my heart with your love Help me share it with my brothers Help me show them you're the one And beside you there's no other production of Coming Home Ministries. For more information or to reach us, go to cominghomeministries.net.